Welcome to the Our Savior Speaks podcast from Our Savior Episcopal Church, located at 4227 Columbia Road in Martinez, Georgia. Through this podcast, we'll be sharing messages of hope and encouragement that can be found in the life and lessons of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We will also explore ways in which God can work through each of us to make our Lord's grace and love a reality for all of humanity. In the sermon we will hear in a few minutes, Bob Thompson will focus on the passage in Mark's Gospel that features an interaction between Jesus and Peter. Both rebuke each other. Peter rebukes Jesus for saying things that don't match up with his understanding of the Messiah, and Jesus rebukes Peter for only setting his mind on human things instead of divine things. Bob will talk about those things that matter the most to our Lord, which means that they should also matter to us. We will hear readings from Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 7 and 15 to 16, from Psalm 22, verses 22 to 30, from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 4, verses 13 to 25, and from Mark's gospel, chapter 8, verses 31 to 38. A reading from the book of Genesis. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abram fell on his face and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham for I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall rise, give rise to nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. The word of the Lord. Thanks Let us now chant the portion of Psalm 22 found in your worship bulletin. Praise the Lord, you that fear him, stand in awe of him, O offspring of Israel, all you of Jacob's line, give glory. For he does not despise nor abhor the poor in their poverty, neither does he hide from face from them, but when they shall eat and be satisfied, and those who seek the Lord shall praise him. May your heart live forever. All the 
ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall bow before him. For kingship belongs to the Lord, he rules over the nations. To him alone all who sleep in the earth bow down in worship, all who go down to the dust fall before him. My soul shall live for him, and my descendants shall serve him. They shall be known as the Lord's forever. They shall come and make known to a people yet unborn the saving deeds that he has done. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. The promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants, through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith, faith of Abraham, for he is the father of all of us. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist, hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations, according to what was said, so numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore, his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness, now the words it was reckoned to him were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over to death for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory, Glory to, to you, Lord, Lord Christ. Christ. Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all these things quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. 
For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of them, the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Speak these words in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. In today's world of the media, I don't think there isn't a day that goes by that the media doesn't tell us exactly what we need to be happy in life or how we save money so that we can take that money that we save and spend it on something else that will make us happy. We're definitely in a media-driven world. Think about your day and how many times during your day you hear an ad on the radio or the TV. And the people who write these ads are really smart. They learn how to make them embed into your mind so that you keep remembering them. How many of us can't recite a commercial that we've heard from the time we were kids? When I was young, there was a commercial for a furniture store. Ironically, it was owned by a preacher. His name was Cash Ambergy, and his commercial convinced us to come to his furniture store and buy from him. And I can still see him and hear him in my mind today. His business was called Cash's Bargain Barn. And he would end each of his commercials with his southern drawl and his preacher accent, and he would say, come on down to Cash's Big Bargain Barn in South Lebanon, Ohio where you save cash with cash. And perhaps it's these things that warp our way of thinking, makes us forget what we're really supposed to be doing. You see, it's easy for us to be distracted. It's easy for us to fall into the trap of buying things that we need to make us happy. Well, get behind me, Satan. What an eye-opener for sure. We're not used to hear Jesus talk like that. In essence, what he's telling Peter is to lean on his faith and believe what he's telling him instead of what the world is trying to sell him. In my opinion, I don't think, <coughs> excuse me, I don't think anyone who has ever walked the face of the earth has lived a more meaningful life than Jesus. Think about it. Jesus knew who he was he knew what he wanted to do, and he lived the life that he knew his father wanted him to live, and the life that he was born to live. Nowhere in scripture do we ever hear Jesus being disappointed with his life or disappointed in himself. His life was just the way it was meant to be. It wasn't always easy, but it was always the way it was meant to be. 
and he lived his life exactly as God wanted him to live it. How many of us can say that? But then, sometimes I think about it, and I think about the life he really lived. As meaningful as it was, and as fulfilled a life as he had, let's think about some of the things that he didn't have. Jesus never owned a house with a nice white picket fence around it. He never traveled the world. He spent his whole life within walking distance of where he was born. He never got married, never had children, never had a car or a chauffeur to take him places. He never even flew in an airplane. He never watched TV or carried his cell phone around with him so he could keep up on all the latest or even played a video game. So compared to our life today, we probably don't think he had a very full life, do we? But without a doubt, he did live a meaningful and faithful life. So if we use Jesus as our guide, none of those things that he missed out on are necessary to live a full, faithful, happy life. But let's think about it a little differently. What did give his life meaning? The answer can be found by looking at today's gospel reading. Jesus lived his life based on the teachings in today's gospel. He told Peter to set his mind on the divine things and not on the human things. That's what Jesus did. He lived every day with his mind set on divine things and on a divine purpose on his relationship with his heavenly father. And then he told the crowd that the only way to save their life is by losing it for his sake and for the sake of the gospel. What does that mean? Does that mean we have to be martyrs and go through what the disciples went through after he left? I think what he really means is that the only way to live a life of real meaning, the life which we were created for, to live to which we are called to, is by giving up on the life that this world tells us that we need, and instead live the life that matters to God. That's what Jesus did, and that's what he invites all of us to do. He invites us to find the only life that matters by giving up the life on, that the world thinks we need to be happy and tries to sell us on that idea every single day that we need these things to be happy. I don't know this for a fact, but perhaps this is the reason that during Lent, we choose something of self-denial. It's to remind us that we need to look past the worldly things and set our mind on the divine things. Jesus invites us to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. Why? Because he wants to save our life, to find our true life, the life that he died to give us, not just eternal life in heaven, but a meaningful and purposeful life here and now, because we have faith that a faithful life will lead us to an eternal life. And that's what Jesus wants for us and why he invites us to take up the cross and follow him. Because that is the way to this wonderful, abundant life that he talks about. 
a life filled with love. It's the only way. It's not easy to do this, however, partly because this world constantly tempts us to place our hope in the stuff of this world. The commercials that we hear daily are an effort to have control over us. And that's why it's tempting, isn't it? Tempting to place our hope in the stuff of this world. <clears throat> and we are bombarded with this temptation every day in countless different ways. And we fall into this temptation on a regular basis. I know I do. And I would guess that many of you do as well. When I was reading this scripture, it took me back to a time 14 years ago in my life. Most of you know that I lost my fiance unexpectedly 14 years ago. But what most of you probably don't know is that my best friend died three days before she did. They were as opposite as night and day. But this reading made me think about both of them. My best friend was all about the material things in this world. Pete was a better shopper than any of you think you might be. Pete, he needed the latest and the greatest of everything there was out there. There wasn't another place on his walls where he could have hung another picture or put another knickknack. And I can attest to that because I hung most of them. New cars, he had a new car as often as you and I change our clothes. It was all about things and money. And trust me, he knew those commercials inside and out and where every sale was every weekend. And Sharon, oh, she was so much opposite. Well, almost opposite. She loved to shop. She would give you the shirt off of her back if it would make you happy. She would give you her last $10 and do without so she could help you. She would take care of anyone else, no matter what they needed, before she worried about herself. She had a loving heart, and she had a deep faith. And looking back at it, maybe it was her faith that made me realize I needed to be back in church and live in her way versus the way my friend was living. I knew I needed God back in my life and that's why I'm here with you today. Because I know I need each of you and your faith to help me with my faith and to remind me each week that I need to live a meaningful life and to have, to have a truly fulfilling life. And we share this with each other every Sunday. I think today's gospel should be a reminder that we need to consider our priorities and decide what matters the most to us. <clears throat> By doing so, I believe that we can discover a life filled with faith while we're here on earth, which can lead us to eternal life. Turn those daily advertisements off and listen to your heart and follow the advertisement that Jesus gave to us. That message of turning our hearts to a more divine life instead of to a material life. Remembering that our Lord gave his life on the cross to save us, and while giving us the opportunity to have a meaningful and complete life 
in this world and the world to come. Amen.